Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Wow, it's beautiful to see just different people making a decision to be baptized in water. I love it. I really, really do. Got some issues here, but I'll sort it out. Very good. I don't know about you, but I, I love this part of the year where everybody comes together and and we come from, you know, we gathered together for Vision Sunday and we had all three campuses here and then a whole bunch of people watching online. And we begin to focus in on what God is saying to us. How many believe that's important? It's very important that we hear from God and, and we what we do is we spotlight something in the scripture. It's not the whole of the scripture, but something that God is wanting to lay on our hearts. And, and the word for this year is His kingdom come. Everybody say it. His kingdom come for the sake of eternity. Actually, while we were uh, preaching, we, I shared it with Pastor Jason. He, he, put, he gave this little bit of an image that we need to put our kingdom shoes on. And one of our guys always, a bit of a comic, have a look at this video. He, put it, he posted it on. Taking off my thongs and putting on my kingdom shoes. Check them out. That's Bill. Everyone say hello, Bill. He's put his kingdom shoes on and we need to put our kingdom shoes on. We need to walk according to what the scripture tells us to do. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these other things shall be added to you. So we're going to build again today on, on that theme. And But before we do, I want to recap. I want to just even flesh out a little bit about what we said. I notice I'm hearing different thoughts that are that obviously has captured people's attention, that the kingdom is like a seed and, and that we're planted and it grows, all of this. So I want to revisit it just a little bit and then take you further. So are you ready? Okay. There are three words that really capture us capture the whole thought of kingdom. One is that we need to seek, and then there's the seed, and then there's stepping out, the steps. Everybody say, seek, seek. seed, seed. Steps. steps. We said that seek, we will seek the kingdom of God first, because when we put God first, everything else falls into place. If we, if we put God somewhere else, it all we create a mess in our lives. And Jesus cautioned his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, says, do not be like the world. Do not be like the pagans. Do not be like the unbelievers. They seek after the here and now. They look for things that are temporal in nature. You are not to be like that. Don't you believe that the heavenly Father will look after you? Don't you believe that God will provide for you and more than enough? Don't you believe that He cares for what you're going through? If He looks after the flowers in the field, if He looks after the birds in the air, don't you believe? Don't you believe that He will look after you? For then He says these words. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32, These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That, but your heavenly Father already knows that you need them. They strive after the here and now. They, they're obsessed with the here and now. They pursue after the here and now. The, it's all about material. But you know different. You are to be different. 
You are in the world, but you're not of the world. You want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things shall be added to you. You want to pray the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I heard the story of a thief or thieves that broke into a jewelry store. But this particular incident was different to others. You would think that they would have stolen something, but they did not. They went into the jewelry store and they systematically changed the prices on the articles, on the jewelry. So that which was expensive became cheap. And that which was cheap became expensive. And they did it in such a way that nobody would have known that they were there. In the morning, the people came. The shop assistants didn't notice anything. They came and they began to buy. And because it was very expensive, they're spending thousands of dollars on that which is cheap junk. And, the, and some people are walking out five to ten dollars with that which is worth thousands of dollars. It was a prank. Somebody has changed the price tags in our world about uh, concerning those things which are really important. And Jesus says, don't believe the lies. It's all deception. It's a prank. They're playing you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things shall be added to you. Can you have an amen here? Amen. amen. If you're going to be concerned, Jesus said, about anything, if you're going to be anxious or obsessed or, or, or really seeking after everything, seek after that which is eternal. Seek after the things which are dear to the heart of God. Seek that which, which really matters that's going to make a difference for all of eternity. Seek to be close to your Father in heaven. Seek to honor Him with your life. Seek to live a life that is pleasing to Him. John Calvin one of the greatest thinkers of the 14th century said these words. He put it so well. I was reading it. I thought, wow. The task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible. We do that by living in such a way that we bear witness to the reality of the kingship of Christ in our jobs, in our families, in our schools, and even in our finances. The only way the kingdom of God is going to be manifest in this world before Christ comes is if we manifest it by the way we live as citizens of heaven and subjects of the king. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. Everybody say, seek first. You know, we take orders from a higher authority. Do you know that? I don't know if you know anything about the legal system in Australia, but the highest court in every state is the Supreme Court. You can go to the Magistrates Court and go all these other courts, but if you've got a really serious matter, you go to the Supreme Court. By the way, you never want to be called to the Supreme Court. It's not a good thing. Bad. And so, they deal with major issues. 
But if you're not happy with the way the Supreme Court has handled things, you actually can appeal. And you can appeal to another court, a greater court. And that court is called the High Court of Australia. If you appeal to that, it's going to cost your fortune. You don't step in unless you're actually paying like something like $250,000. That's just a walk in, right? But when that court rules, every other court, the magistrate court, the Supreme Court, no matter what they've decided, all have to align themselves with what the high court has just said. They have the final word. And for the Christian, the highest authority is God. He is the final word. And when he speaks, when he speaks, we align ourselves, our attitudes, our thoughts, our behavior, all aligns with what he has got to say. We are under authority. We are under the authority of Christ. So first, seek We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Was that a word from heaven? (laughs) Second, Jesus taught his disciples that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Remember that? If I was to get a mustard seed here today and put it in my hand, you would struggle to see it. It's so small. And Jesus said to his disciples, don't worry about where it starts. Worry about where it's going to go. He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It starts small, but then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and it becomes a tree that the birds of the air that symbolize the nations, we talked about it today, the nations of the world will gather and be affected by the gospel. And he's talking, he is talking those words to disciples who there only 120 of them actually ended up being in the upper room. But from that, the church grew and it grew and it grew and now spans the earth and nothing would be able to stop it. Nothing will be able to stop what God is doing on the earth. Have you ever wondered to yourself, why is it that there's so much opposition, so much intolerance, so much putting down of the church, so much, it's almost like there is a vendetta against the church and Christians. Have you ever wondered about that? It's like today, it's like, let's pick on the Christians. Let, let, let's have a go at them. It's like, it's like well, leave us alone. What have we ever done to you? Do you know why? Because there is a clash of kingdoms. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There is a fight going on that is spiritual in nature. And this is what Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says. Read it with me. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. There is a clash of kingdoms. We're talking about the kingdom of God, but you've got to understand that there is a fight going on there, and it's not against politicians. It's not against a whole lot of bunch of things. There is a clash taking place, and that's why I am so thrilled to understand that, that we are using some of the weapons that we need to use. And one of those weapons is prayer. 
And one of the things I'm thrilled about is at 9.30 every Sunday morning, there are people who gather here and we're praying and we're seeking God for the service. No wonder the intensity of the spiritual atmosphere in the place is changing because we're bringing people to pray. And when we pray, things happen, amen? When we, when, when we pray, things begin to occur because we've got to fight this, this fight, this kingdom that we're talking about. His kingdom come. Do you think it's going to be an easy thing? It's not going to be an easy thing. But we have the weapons of warfare, and one of them is prayer. And we have powerful weapons in God. Now, history shows this, that the more the church is persecuted, the stronger it becomes. Go, you know, like, a bit like this. Go ahead. Try your best. Go on. Persecute it. You know, throw mud on it. Go ahead. You know, oppose it. Do what you like. In fact, you're doing us a favor. Because what actually happens, now I'm not saying we're beggars for punishment, you know, hit me, I'm not saying that. But I say, it's the reality, if you examine scripture, and you examine history, how many of you have been to Rome? Lift up your hand. God, that's a fair number of you. If you go to Rome, you can go to different places, you can see the Colosseum, which is just an amazing place. You can go see the Forum, you can see all these incredible places. But, there is, there is a hidden place that not many people visited, and, that, and I think I've referred to it in the past, and that's the catacombs. And the catacombs are literally kilometers of tunnels and spaces under the ground. I'm talking about thousands of kilometers. And they were built by Christians over a period of 300 years when they were persecuted by, by all of the emperors and, and they, they, were, they were seeking to exterminate Christianity, they were, they, they were imprisoning them, they were torturing them. And so what the Christians did, do you think they stopped? No, they didn't. They actually dug deeper into God and they dug deeper into the earth. And they started to meet underneath the ground. And they, there was meeting places and there is uh, burial places. They're all there. They're still there today. A lot of it's been blocked up, but you still walk there. And there's one inscription under the ground that is found in many different places. And it's a scripture that's found in the Word of God. And this is what it says. You'll see it inscribed. And I've been there. I've seen, I've seen it inscribed in the catacombs. And it says this. The Word of God is not bound. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. In other words, go ahead. You will never imprison God's Word. You will never stop God's Word. God's Word is alive, and it will get out no matter what you try to do to us. You see, no matter what you... It's a seed. The Word of Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a seed that grows, and it gets bigger and bigger, and it starts to take over because it's alive. I'll give you another illustration. Before the communist conquest in 1940 and 1950, they estimate somewhere between 700,000 to 800,000 people were Christians in China, thanks to the, the China Inland Mission with Hudson Taylor. If you don't know your church history, read about it. It's an amazing story. It's about 700,000. And then the Chinese communists came in and they started the Cultural Revolution. And under the, that regime, they killed 30 million Chinese people. 
and most of the Christians. They were tortured, they were executed, they were seen to be a threat. Any, any, any body of people in China that was seen to be a threat, they got rid of them. The world watched to see what had, had actually happened to Christians in that country. They thought, have they successfully exterminated Christianity now? Because they've been persecuted, they've, they've been killing them. But what they found astounded them. There was no longer 700,000 because they'd been killed. It went down and then suddenly it took a rise up. It actually grew, not twice, not three times, but a hundred. So that today the estimates are as high as a hundred million Chinese people worship Jesus. Because the word of God is a seed. Do you plant in the ground and it grows and it grows? Go ahead, go ahead, throw as much mud as you like. You cannot stop the church of Jesus Christ. Here's something I didn't know. There's a huge, well, I did know this one. There's a huge move of God in Asia. You know, when it comes to Christianity and what God is doing, it kind of shifts from country to country, you know? At the moment in Australia, we're, gonna, we're copying it, you know. But, you know, over in China, you know, it's exploding. And, 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 and in India, things, incredible things are happening. South America, it's, it's unbelievable. But did you know that there are hundreds of millions of, of Christians in Asia? We're not talking about Asia. I'm talking about all sorts of different places, right? And what I didn't know is that 50% of them are spirit-filled, believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, believe in the supernatural, believe, believe God for Him to do what, what, what cannot be done anywhere else. This is the church that God is building. Everybody say, the power is in the seed. Say it with a little bit more conviction, the power is in the seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. That's thrown into the ground and it grows and it becomes a tree. And the birds of the air, the nations of the world, come and nest and find refuge in the gospel. You know, that's why we must never be ashamed of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must not be discouraged with what we see. We've got to continue, continue to keep on sharing the good news and at wherever we may, to continue to, to, to do good works and just continue to do the right thing because when you do the right thing, that the God will honor that. God honors that. You know that place where you are working? You know that place where you go to school? You're not there by accident. You've actually been placed there. You've been sown there by God. You were there to make, to make a difference. In fact, you are the answer to somebody's prayer. Somebody's praying, my son, Lord, save my son. Lord, save my daughter. My father doesn't know you. My mother is far away from you. My sister has lost her way. And God sows you right in the middle of where they are so that you will proclaim his message. You are there to make a difference for him. Come on, can you? Can, 
Do you believe that? You were there. And, and it's like, isn't it amazing? Sometimes you talk to people and, and they go, oh, yeah, my mother uh, used to go to church or, or my father. And you go, wow, isn't that a coincidence? No, it's not. God's shown you there on purpose so that you will make a difference for him. Do you know the extent that God went? Think about this. The extent that God went to save you. How much he worked upon you. He's doing the same with other people. There's a scripture I love here in, in 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 14. It says this, but, but God does not just sweep life away. You know, he doesn't write people off. Oh, you know, there's, a, there's 8 billion people on the earth. Oh, well, this one doesn't matter. He says, no, God does not sweep life away, but instead he devises ways to bring us back. When we have been separated from him, He's always thinking of ways to bring people back to himself. Some of you went right away from God. Yeah, true? Maybe you grew up in a Christian home, you went right away from God. God didn't give up on you. God didn't just sort of write you off. He was continually working behind the scenes. He's, he's sending somebody who's strategically putting people in your life so that you would come to him. That's why we must continually reach out to others. So number one, we will seek. We will seek the kingdom of God first because when we put God first, everything else falls into place. Number two, we, with the seed, we will not despise the small beginnings of the church because God always starts with the small, and then he builds something big. And then, and then Pastor Jason explained to us that we need to take steps as far as our, our, our bringing the kingdom onto the earth and kingdom relationships. He talked about kingdom relationships, kingdom giving, and kingdom living. Kingdom relationships is, a, is it in our church this, this year. What we want to do is, is just have family just bring back family into small groups and discipleship. And I think that Pastor Alyssa is going to speak to us about that. Kingdom giving, that we're going to do our best to set aside 10% of what we give. We talked about it here today, what we, we give to local and global missions. And kingdom living, we're going to let God rule and reign in our lives, even if it's, even if it's difficult. Which really brings me to the major and second major scripture, and that is the Lord's Prayer. I want everybody to stand together. We're going to read this together. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That just about summarizes the Christian walk. Let me ask you this question How is God's kingdom done in heaven? Maybe one word, perfectly, perfectly. Can you imagine if God was to say to his divine beings, angels, now this is what I want done, and they were to respond in these words, well, you know, I'm a little bit busy at the moment. I've just got a lot on, you know, Lord, just, I, I, I'll, I'll get to it. When I get to it, I'll, I'll do it. How many of you think that's going to happen? No, no, it's not like that. What is it like? It's like, yes, sir. 
Okay, yes, sir. In fact, the supreme desire of all heaven is to do the will of God and to carry out what is in his heart. And that should be the desire of our lives. The supreme desire of our lives, say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Every day we pray this prayer, Lord, your will be done. Not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh God. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. I realize there's so much in me where I just want to do stuff for me, Lord God. I pray that you'll overcome my desires, my thoughts. Not my will, but your will be done. I want to live a life that pleases you. I want to live a life that makes a difference for all of eternity. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to get caught up with all this stuff here. That the world says you've got to have this, you've got to have that. No, Lord God, not my will, but yours be done. I want, Lord God, you to speak through me. I want you to heal through me. I want you to deliver people through me. Lord God, I want you to be an agent for you. I want to make a difference in the not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. So the question is, do you know what God's will is? Do you know what is the heart of God? Do you know what makes God happy? Do you know what God makes God sad? Do you, make, do you know what really brings joy to his heart? Do you know what he grieves over? Because if we know that, that's the way we ought to be living. Amen? That's what we ought to be doing. Well, let me share some thoughts with you. Just as, a, just as maybe to get you thinking about this, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is not God's will that one person perish. God does not delight in seeing people go to a lost eternity. That's why we must continue to preach Jesus. It is not God's will that marriages dissolve unnecessarily. That's why as a church we'll speak into marriages, into parenting, so that we have strong, strong households in this place. It's not God's will that the church is immature, that we, we stand up here and we say little nice stories so that entertain you and, oh, isn't that a nice story? You know, to make you laugh. And it's not God's will to simply entertain you it's, and remain immature. That's why we've got to focus on discipleship. It's got to be the Word of God, the Word of God. It's got to be the Word of God. It's got to be the Word of God. It's not God's will that the vulnerable and the poor are abused and neglected. That's why we as a church will do everything we can to rescue people, to protect them and to provide for them. It's not God's will that little children are enslaved by wicked masters. It's not God's will. You might be affected you might think, what a terrible thing that is. Try getting into the heart of God. That's why we will partner with those who are rescuing children right across the world to make a difference in our world for Him. It's not God's will that the church of Jesus be powerless. That's why we will take authority in the name of Jesus over every principality and power. 
That's why we'll, we'll continue to preach about the healing of the sick and we'll cast out demons and we'll push back the darkness because that's what we're here to do. Because Jesus Christ raised up a church not to be powerless, but to be powerful on this earth so that his name will be manifest, so that his glory will be manifest, so that he will be lifted up. When you lift me up, then I will draw all men unto myself. It's not God's will. It's not God's will that a generation be lost. That's why we're going to invest in youth. I love that we had, you know, Damien going up to some of the guys. Were they part of the youth? And we're investing in youth through Damien, through others. Naomi's not here, but we're investing in children and in, in through people like them. People are called like that because God is not God's will that a generation be lost. We cannot guarantee, but we will do everything we can. Are we on the right track here? We will do everything we can to bring him to himself. It's not God's will. Oh, I could go on here for a long time. It's not God's will that, that new growing uh, suburbs do not have a powerful, strong gospel witness. That's why we're going to keep on planting churches. We're going to keep on planting churches. We'll plant here, wherever God leads us, that's what we'll do. You see, God is building his church, and we are building it with him. We are standing. It's a privilege and a joy to be able to build the church with him. When I was 16 years of age, about 30 years ago. <laughs> I worked for the public works department. I don't even know whether that department even exists anymore, but it was in New South Wales. I was a carpenter, like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was, I still remember catching a train from Croydon, where I live, to the museum, right, the museum station. Oh, you, you guys know. And, and there I, I walked to the Australian Museum, and there, there was the, the public works was involved in massively renovating. It was a huge project. There was hundreds of people all over that building. But the kingdom of God, what he's building, is so massive that it spans the universe. It is limitless. What God is doing, we only get a little picture of it here. It's not even on earth, completely on earth. It spans the universe, what God is doing. Let me ask you this question. Imagine that you are a city planner. I'm not just talking about a little, little pocket of you know, houses. You're a city planner. You've been chosen to be the city planner. And so what you do is you... You call architects in, you call the engineers, you call the developers, and together you put together the, this, the city plan. It's magnificent. It, it's, it's got recreational facilities. It, it, it's got accommodation. It, it, it's got sport fields. I mean, this thing is massive. And so you put it all together, and then it's your responsibility through your workers to hire the contractors. So you get out there, and there's different, different people that you hire, and but what if, when in, what if, if the contractors that you hire began to arrive late and leave early? Uh, what, what if every second day they were uh, 
on the golf field or maybe going fishing, you know, or it's not even there? What if they were cutting corners? What if they were doing things on the cheap? What would you do as a city planner? You would have to bring about some change. You think, hey, what are you doing? You're ruining the project. They would miss out. Can I tell you that you and I have been contracted to build what God is doing. You are God's first choice. Don't muck it up. And I say that to myself, don't muck it up. Use your abilities. Use your capacities. Use what you have for His purposes. Because you don't want to miss out on this. You don't want God to bypass you. He's going to do it anyway. But we've been, but you know what? We've been put here in Bandura for such a time as this. And you, somebody, it's not that it's not somebody else's time. It's our time. It's our time to make a difference. It's our time to reach the nations. It's our time to win people for Christ. It's our time to push back the darkness. It's our time. It's our time. The time will come when it's not our time. And then we hand over. But I tell you what. While it's our time, we will do everything that we need to do together, together. You know, the last part of the Lord's Prayer finishes like this. For thine is the kingdom. Say it with me. For thine is the kingdom, the power. Repeat it again. For whose is it? For thine. That's an old word. Thine. For yours is the kingdom. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about Him. It's about Him. We lose that, we've lost everything. And I was having a bit of a conversation with God as I sometimes do. And I said to Him, Lord, Since I was 15, I've tried to live a life that not my will, but your will be done. I haven't always done it right, Lord, but, but all of my life, I want to belong to you. I'm 65 this year. I know I don't look it. Depends if I sleep well the night before. I said, Lord, whether I'm paid full-time by the church, whether I'm paid part-time by the church, or whether I'm not paid by the church, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Makes no difference. I belong to you. All I want to live for you. I not only want to start well, I want to finish well. Anybody else here? So I can have so many people start well and then come here. What happened to them? I want to finish well. My dad finished well. My grandfather finished well. I belong to a generation that finishes well. Don't muck it up, John. Finish well. Finish well. Not for your sake. 
for the sake of the kingdom of God. Don't muck it up. You know, when you give your life to Christ, you know, some, how many married people do we have here? I know some of you putting your hand up. Ugh. You made a covenant. That's what you did. You stood in front of others and you said these words. I'll remind you because summer has been a long time. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. In sickness and in health. For as long as we both shall live. When you gave your life to Christ, seasons change, you know. Your marriage changes seasons, of course. But you're committed. When you gave your life to Christ, seasons may change. You might get older. But I'll tell you what doesn't change. Our love for Christ. Our love for the church and his family. Our desire to please him. Our desire to take the gifts that God has given to us and to use them for his kingdom. They must never, ever change. And this is what this is all about here. Your kingdom come. And it says, yours is the kingdom, the power. All of my life, I will live to please you. And at the end of the day, that I may bring glory to your name. That you may be honored. I don't need my name on a plaque. But I need you to say, well done. Yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Is that your desire? Is it your desire that through your life that you'll bring glory to Him? Is that your desire? If that is, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift up both hands. It doesn't matter who stands, who doesn't. Lift up both hands. Let me pray. Let me pray with you. Yours is the kingdom. Lift up your hands. The power and the glory, Lord. Forever and ever. Lord, we, we give ourselves to you. Lord, we want to live a life that, that honors you, that, that lives for you. Not my will, but yours be done. I will seek first the kingdom of heaven. Because if I do that, everything else falls into place. Father, we pray for one thing. That we not only start well, but we will finish well. And we pray that our lives will be attractive for you, Lord God. That people will look at us and be drawn to our Savior. Because we are light and we are salt. Lord, we're making a difference for you. Lord, we're putting you first. Lord God, we pray that you through our lives will be honored. For yours is the kingdom, the power. We'll display your power in this earth, Lord God. We'll manifest your glory, Lord. And yours is the glory. It always belongs to you forever.
and have a pray this prayer with me. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. Not my will, but yours be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Take a hold of our lives, we pray. We submit ourselves under your incredible authority, the highest authority of all. May this church be a kingdom church, a church that puts the kingdom of God first. We give you glory. We give you honor. Why don't you just have a bit of a conversation with God? Just say, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. I don't always get it right. But Lord, that's my desire. My desire is to fulfill your heart. My desire is to bring you joy. My desire is to live for you. My desire is to finish well, oh God. Here I am. Here I am. To do your will. Lord. We give ourselves to you. Say, Lord, I give myself to you afresh. Tell him that. I give myself to you afresh. I want you to be king over my life. I submit myself under your authority. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, empower us. Empower us to do that because we can't do it by ourselves. Empower us, Lord. Empower us. Let the Holy Spirit fall upon us. Just say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Lord, let the power of the Holy Spirit fall upon us. So, Lord God, that we manifest your power and your glory wherever we go. Lord, fill us again. 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 For thine is the King the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.